0: call for all of us to recognise and acknowledge the fact of occupation, to rethink the received colonial settler narrative. You're listening to Deadly Justice
1: with Tulupa.
0: Welcome back to Deadly Justice. For this fortnight, you're listening to Tallulah. This week, we will be talking about scams and in particular COVID-19 scams. So uh, during this time, you might have noticed or heard of people kind of being pushed to pay some money for some COVID-related scams, people claiming that they are the government or um, have access to your super. So we'll be having a bit of a chat about what these scams can kind of entail and how to protect and recognise, protect yourself and recognise these scams. And we will be hearing from Tom Chapman, who is the regional supervisor for consumer protection. And he, he deals a lot with scams and talks a lot about people um, being scammed in the Kimberley and how you can protect yourself and what what we can do to help you if you have been scammed. So, yeah, we, we have a chat to him and I suppose... Um, We look at uh, the different types of scams that you might encounter. So we talk a lot about, like I said, the government scams, people claiming to be um, Centrelink... Uh, and then we also have a look at your, your more traditional kind of scams, like romance scams. So people pretending that, um, you know, that they want to build a relationship with you and, and then you end up kind of um, scamming some money out of you. And then we look at um, lotto scams as well. So, yeah, a whole lot of interesting stuff and some good conversations. So tune in. Uh, first, we'll take a little break, though, and we will listen to a song kind of in the theme. We'll listen to Trick Me by Khalees. Peace. This is it afternoon and welcome back to Deadly Justice. You're listening to Tallulah. This week we have uh, Tom Chapman from Consumer Affairs in the Gimbley and um, Tom will be talking to us about some scams and in particular some COVID-19 related scams. So how are you going Tom?
1: I'm good thanks. Thanks for having me on Tallulah.
0: Thank you for being on. So I think we wanted to base this show a bit around like kind of the relevant scams that are happening in the Kimberley and around Australia at the moment. So could you could you tell us a little bit about how scammers are using COVID-19 to rip people off?
1: Yeah it's I mean it's bad enough that we've got a lot of things going on you know lots of things have been turned upside down with this COVID-19 but that's the kind of environment and things that scammers love to use. So their main ways that they get, because a lot of people think, oh, you know, I'm clued in, I won't get caught out by scammers. But they love to use uh, times where there's a bit of pressure, a bit of uncertainty around things, you know, stuff going on, stuff happening, new stuff is what scammers use because that's how they catch people out. There's, you know, we hear on the, on the news, for example, oh, there's new payments because of uh, COVID-19 job seeker boosts, and this one-off $750 and you can get your super out and things. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, scammers are sitting there rubbing their hands going, great, people are going to think there's money moving around. How can they get a part of it? And so unfortunately, we saw the same thing with the bushfires earlier on in the year. Scammers away jumped up. People were, were being very generous, opening up their, their wallets and giving some donations. What do we see? Scammers trying to jump into that and go, oh, yeah, I'm a bushfire charity. Donate to me. They're not. They're a scammer. They rip people off and go from there. They do the same thing each time there's uh, new stuff. And the COVID-19 is just, just the latest one that they're using to try and rip people off, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, right. So so basically it's like feeding on this fear that's kind of going around the general public.
1: That's it. They, they use all that, the fear, the uncertainty, you know, people that might be under stress already, they might have lost their job or family, someone in their family might have lost their job and those sort of things. That's how they use to, they capitalise on that. Because if people are all sweet and nothing, you know, nothing really to worry about, well, then they can worry about scammers and, and keep, you know, keep alert and not get caught out by them. But when people are suddenly, oh, you know, I don't know, um, maybe, am I eligible for that? I don't know. I better apply. And then suddenly they get some email pop up out of the blue. Here's how you apply make it easier. You know, skip the settling queue you might be never have applied for SendLink before and you think, oh, maybe that's what I do to get the job seeker. And some people click it, they go down a link, it's a dodgy link, you know, it ends up handing over their personal details and they get caught up in that scamming trouble from there. So, yeah, that, that pressure and uh, sense of urgency that they're like, you've got to do it now or I've got to do it quick, that's what scammers use. It's one of their main tactics to, um, you know, to get their get their teeth into people, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, right. So, what kind of what kind of scams are out there?
1: With the COVID ones that we're seeing at the moment, so the things that scammers are looking at around those are, um, as I said, the, the Centrelink type ones. So they they pretend basically, they pretend to be from the government, they pretend to be from the tax office, they pretend to be from you know Centrelink from these places, and what they're doing is they they use people's I guess who are not. That used to or not don't know that much about those uh, those type systems. Uh, these copycat scammers are very good at making a fake website that looks like the government, or even just sending out messages. I mean, I know for myself, I got a mobile phone and I got a message the other day telling me download the uh, official Australian Coronavirus COVID Safe app. Uh, now that you know, I imagine that comes from the government. There's no links or anything that I'm going to click in it. But the same thing, you know, I get that one and then the next day I get another one with some download now, COVID safe, you know, must download this app. And there's a dodgy looking link there for many people. Well, which one's, you know, which one's the real one from the government and which one's the fake one from the scammer? So those copycat scammers are, um, you know, using that to, to their advantage. So people need to watch out for it. And the other way that we've seen is uh, people trying to have heard about this, like you can get access to super, which is a real thing. You know, the, the government's announced that people can get earlier access to their super if they're experiencing some COVID hardship and things like that. Now, most people don't know the process for doing that. It's not something they normally do. Most people, very rarely is that done. So when they get a message all of a sudden, email out of the blue or call from someone saying, hi, I'm from the tax office, you can get your $10,000 super out. You know, They're in some financial hardship, they're a bit desperate, they're a bit unsure because of all this COVID. And they're like, oh, okay, what is it? And that's when the, the scammer there turns the pressure up and says, right, well, here's what you need to do right now so I can do it. They put that urgency in and it plays on people. They They don't get a chance to, you know pull their head out and, and think for a minute about what's going on. Next minute, they've handed over all their personal information, their bank accounts and stuff like that. It was just a scammer pretending to help them get their super out, not a, you know, not a real super fund. They don't ring up out of the blue like that.
0: So when this kind of stuff happens, how are some ways that scammers can get access to things like your mobile number and your email address to be able to get the scams kind of to you? Like How, how does that all kind of work?
1: Well, scammers is the best analogy I use. And sorry for the people in the a bit more in the desert side of the Kimberley, but scammers are a lot like really bad fishermen. They just throw out as many lines as possible and hope that one gets a gets a bite. They <laughs> They use things which are... <laughs> Like they're probably like me at fishing. They don't. They just throw out all the time and see what they can catch. You know, they they use things. They've got technology which you know most normal people not using, but they've got things like auto dialers. So it's a computer program they've got on their computer, and it just it dials. It runs through the phone book one by one and rings until it gets a number. So you and I don't have the patience to sit there. Zero four zero 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 one. Oh, it doesn't ring. Zero four zero 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 zero, zero two. But they've got a computer program that does it for them. And it just goes and it keeps going, keeps trying, keeps trying. And then eventually it hits one, which might be your number. And the same thing with the text messages, with emails. They use these these scamming programs to just send them out. So they're not sending out like just calling you. They're just calling to every number that they can think of. And uh, look, that's their business. So they spend all day doing it. Just like you and I spend all day doing our jobs, people spend all day doing their thing. Scammers spend all day doing doing their thing too. And yeah, it is difficult. But um, look, we, they keep adapting, and you know they get better at making fake websites. They get they even make fake apps. You know, I don't know how to make an app, but these scammers work out how to make a fake app to try and rip people off. And you, we've constantly got to be. Uh, keeping on the lookout and keeping up to date with the new scams and things that's going around.
0: Yeah, right. So I know you kind of touched on this a little bit before, but in terms of, like, you know, people receiving job seeker payments and other Centrelink payments, are scammers able to skim that and steal bits of that?
1: Well, potentially, yeah. I mean, the, you've got to think about this. So there's, there's a few different groups of people that we're looking at. One is people who... Um, Maybe we're already familiar a bit with Centrelink payments. Now, if you if you are, if you've received some before, or you might have got a parenting, or you know, a study allowance, or whatever it might be, what are the things that Centrelink ask when you ring them up? They ask for your ID to prove that it's you, so that they'll, before they'll talk to you. You know, I can't ring up and say, oh, I'm I'm Tallulah. They say, okay, well, what's your name? What's your date of birth? What's your address? You've got to prove who you are to them over the phone. Yeah. Now. If a scammer rings up or, or gets you to enter your details through a fake website or, you know, enter this, you know, fill in your lottery ticket that you won, put in your name, date of birth, address, well, if you fall for that, Tallulah, and I get my hands on it, what's to stop me calling up to SendLink and saying, I am Talula and they say, well, I'm not really sure. You don't sound like Tallulah, but what's your name? Well, my name is this. What's your date of birth? Well, my date of birth is this. What's your address? And I tick all the boxes off. And then effectively, you know, I'm I'm pretending to be you. And then oh, what right. happens? They they can say yeah, like, okay, so I've registered for that job seeker payment. Yeah, yeah, you're eligible, do that, blah blah blah. Okay, just pay it into this bank account, please. You think the scammer's gonna put your bank account or you think they're gonna put the scammer bank account? So you need to be as careful and protective of your personal data as your you know, as your passwords and your private information and your you know your
0: bank bank card, right? So I heard. I uh, did a little bit of research on some scams, and I noticed that one of the things um, that people notice about um, kind of online scams is that you should always check the URL, the um, website address. Um, and one of them was like, it, if it's a scam, it won't say HTTPS; it'll say HTTP. Is that right? Am I right about that?
1: Yeah, that is right, Lula. The that S. F- H-T-T-P-S when when you go to a website that's a real deal one, that S basically stands for secure. So anytime you're doing your online shoppings or uh, if you're doing payments and things like that, you should always look for that. And if you, that's at the very start on the left hand side of the, where you, the address is typed in and if you notice next time you're on one, have a look at the far right hand side of that and you'll see a little padlock. Now that little padlock is the, is the matching up that says it's a locked and secure site. So those are things that, um, you know, a, a good way to, you know, check that it's safe. If it doesn't have that, I'd, I wouldn't put my bank details and stuff in there. If, with you know, if I don't see that padlock and that HTTPS, uh, I wouldn't be putting my bank details in there.
0: Mm. It, it's really difficult, I think. Um, At this day and age where kind of scammers are becoming much more clever about how they're kind of like making things look so official. I remember when I was younger, you kind of look at a website and you go, oh, that's a dodgy website. But people are becoming much more clever about how they're presenting things and also we're so much uh, so intertwined with like technology and all of our accounts and everything in a banking is all online. Facebook, you know, online shopping, all of this, we're also really – Um, kind of dependent on technology and especially during COVID-19 when we're social distancing we're relying on technology to be um, you know doing things like applying for government payments and whatever else online and um, doing our work and stuff online so yeah I think you know it becomes even more dangerous at this moment in time and we really have to be much more careful about how we're kind of doing this. We had um, I, it's funny that we're recording this show today because I actually spoke to a friend of mine this morning who woke up this morning and found $4,000 missing from her account and, you know, spent the day kind of freaking out about where this $4,000 is gone. Um, and, yeah, and like you said, it really can affect anyone. So, yeah.
1: That's right. They keep uh, Scammers keep on changing. They keep updating the way they go about things. Like you said, you know, they run a scan... And then we see it start to go on. we try and warn everybody, and what happens, hopefully we successfully warn everybody, so they, the scammers stop getting money and things out of it. so as soon as they stop getting money out of it, they change tack and they try a new way or they try a different style. Uh, you know going back to that fishing now you, you trying on trying on squid, you're not catching anything you're going to <laughs> change the bait you know you yeah. that's what they do they keep mixing up how they go about things to try and keep catching people out and so people really do need to be um you know alert to it and look lots of people think like oh they won't you know i know about them they won't get me okay that's good you know about scammers all the time but see they only need it they try a thousand times they only need to get lucky once and they've got money out of you so You might think, they're not going to get me on a Romance scam, they're not going to get me on this uh, investment scam, they're not going to get me on a Bitcoin scam, they're not going to get me on a you-won-the-lottery-in-Nigeria scam, or, you know, I know all of them. But then suddenly, like we were saying at the start, you get flipped upside down, you've lost your job in COVID, you've got to apply for a Centrelink, you've never done that before. Scammer gets you then, don't they? You know, they ring you up out of the blue and they say, this is Centrelink, you put your application. You're like, oh, yeah, I did. And they're like, you know, because you did put your application. They're just guessing. They don't know that you actually put your application in. But they say that to a 1,000 people. They need one in a 1,000 to say, yep, bang, they're on. And that's the time they could get you. So you've just always got to, in the back of your mind, think, hang on, is that right? You know, and if it's not right on the phone or delete the email or whatever... And ask someone you know, because you don't want to be that one in a thousand, or one in a million that they get, because then they, you know, then they've got you, even though you you know, and I've had people call me and say, "Look, I think I got scammed. I've never thought I would get scammed, but it can happen to them, and they just need to catch you at one point on on one thing, when you're not sure, or you might be juggling, you've got the kids yelling in the background, and you think this and dinner's cooking and whatever. they just catch you at that moment and that's how they can get you. So, yeah, do need to to keep alert. Another thing, uh, you were saying we're doing more and more stuff online, especially now with COVID, Mm. people can't get slack. And I know I'm probably guilty of this too. How many passwords have you got? A million different passwords for different things and stuff. That old trick, you know, you make the same password for Netflix that you make for your internet banking. That's a big trouble because... Suddenly they get into your Netflix account because they send you some SMS saying, "Oh, you want to upgrade for free? Click here." You put in your Netflix password, you know your Netflix username, your Netflix password. Then they go and say, "All right, well now that we've got your password, we reckon you're Slack to and you've used it." So they try that password for your email. They try that password for your banking. They try that, you know, they try that password for your assembly, They try that password every different place. It only needs to get a hit on one of them, and there you go. So. Mm. That's sort the of, sort of thing
0: people got to watch out for. Yeah, I had an email in my junk, um, like, inbox in uh, maybe, like, two months ago and it said, um, and I, I, the only reason I looked at it was because it had my password there. It was like, Tallulah, we know your pl- your password is blah, blah, blah. You better send, I don't know, must have been, like, $1,000 to this account or we'll upload private photos of you or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. I, I kind of, I looked at it and I went, I'm not going to, buy into that because i don't you know i don't like i don't want to be pulled into a scam sure enough sure enough nothing happened but i was kind of really in shock that they already knew my password and that's what kind of scared me i knew better than to you know do anything about it but i was like oh my gosh that's a bit scary so yeah
1: yeah there's two points to that good points because that one a lot of those scams were going around so people probably wonder well hang on how did they know my name and they knew my password well, that's because, like I said, it, it, it might have got hacked or leaked somewhere. We've seen these, you know, Facebook million usernames or Yahoo million, you know, 10 million usernames or these different places. So if you had a Yahoo account, for example, in that leak, and yeah, there they was a privacy breach, security breach, hackers got in and they ripped off, you know, 10 million different usernames and passwords, they're banking on that password. Being one that people are slack and they use it for lots of things. and so when they do they email it to you and they know your name because that's on your email address. they know your email address because they got that from the hacking and they know the password for that because they also got it for the for the hacking you know on somewhere else. they send it to you. Now that password could be your password from your you know whatever gym online gym account or something you know your online magazine or whatever it is you sign up to. But if you've used that password for other things, you're suddenly thinking, "Hey, that it is right," and it seems like they know a lot more about you. But really, they're just bluffing. They've got one bit of leaked information, but they're they're counting on you being slack and going, "Oh, they know everything about me." The second thing is, what do you have? In, you know, you heard the thing in the movies: don't negotiate with terrorists because <laughs> yeah, you know, you, they say, "Oh, I'll pay us a thousand dollars and we'll delete it." you know, these images and people saying, oh, what have they got on me? Pay them a grand. What happens? They take a grand and then they say, actually, give us two grand now or we're still going to do it. Mm. You can't stop, you know. So it's never never a good idea to go down that path of of playing it um, because, you know, it makes total sense for them to just keep asking more and more and more money. They're never going to delete it, even if they've got something. But 99.99, they don't have anything anyway. They're just bluffing. That's what scammers do. They try and bluff you and get that urgency, you know, you're like, oh, what, they've used my video camera, I didn't know it was on, I left it or what, you know, you don't know what they've got, you don't want anything going out, but they make that panic and that's how they get people to make, you know, not think about things and make bad decisions like paying over money for it.
0: Yeah, and I think also like such uncertainty comes about the internet especially like you know there's a dark web and there's all of this unknown you know you never kind of know who a person is behind their profile and all of this kind of stuff so it makes it 10 times more scary because it's so uncertain you're like is this person bluffing or do they have my information like you you never know and so that can make you even more vulnerable and even more scared I think we really need to be careful about that kind of stuff you know
1: true and we've you know we've seen those movies where they got that hacker and he's like oh, i'm gonna hack in the cia and it takes him 10 seconds and now i'm going to use their video cameras and move their cameras around and you know, <laughs> yeah <there> was, <laughs> like that's movie stuff you know realistically you're not got scammers sitting there trying to get through your video camera and even then what's going on you know on your laptop you know like what are you doing they're not like it's very very low so it's a, it's a classic thing because they use that you know that fear that panic that people are like oh well you know my laptop was open when I was in the shower the other day or whatever it might have been you know yeah i didn't think it was on but they think oh if they can remotely get in because i've seen people do it on the movies i think it's always a good idea just leave that movie stuff you know don't let that thing because 99.99% of the stuff you're doing that you know is probably pretty boring you think scammers are sitting <laughs> around all those days, you know, watching all those video cameras?
0: Monitoring you all the time.
1: Yeah. Waiting for that one bit where you dropped your towel or something? Yeah. You know, it's, it's very, very unlikely, but they, it's effective to get you panicking, and that's what mm. they want. So if you get that stuff, we always say just drop it, delete it, hang up the phone, whatever, ask someone you trust about it. Don't just run with something that turns up straight away.
0: So we're going to take a little break now and we're going to listen to a song. We'll be listening to Don't Lie by Black Eyed Peas.
2: To be growing when I be telling the fibs. Now, you said your trust is getting weaker. Probably because my lies just started getting deeper. And the reason for my confession is that I learned my lesson. And I really think you ought to know the truth. Because I lied and I cheated and I lied a little more. But after I did it, I don't know what I did it for. I admit that I've been a little immature. Put your heart like I was the predator. are Trains. drained, cause In a, a lot, and a, a lot, lie. Lie, and a little lot, lie, lie. now your emotions are drained. And she all in my world I give her all my attention And diamonds and pearls She the one that make me feel on top of the world Still I'm lying to my girl I threw it And And then I lie
0: Good afternoon and welcome back. Um, We've got Tom Chapman on the line and we're chatting about scams. So tune in. I think um, two of um, the most common scams that I hear of and they're two different kind of formats of scam from what I believe. Like one of them is the Australia Post um, email and I've had that come through a few times and I actually had a friend um, you know, put in their details thinking, oh, my parcel won't get delivered unless I pay this amount. So that's one I've noticed. And the other one was the NBN phone call. Are these, um, you know, how do these like kind of happen? What's what's the deal with all of them? Yeah. Yeah, the,
1: those are two of the most common scams that we would get reported, I would have to say. The, the NBN one, and like you said, and then the, um, that post one, Especially now, when people buying more stuff online you know and we know there's been on the news about delays with Australia Post and things because they've just had heaps of you know heaps of parcels so they again you've got to be what I tell people you you've got to be careful um, it might seem like these scammers know lots about you, but in re- reality they don't they're guessing so I'm not even a good fisherman, but I'm going back to it. (laughs) I'm I'm terrible at fishing, but I tell you what, if I go out every weekend, I'm bound to eventually catch something, right? Mm. So they use that same philosophy. They send out that Australia Post to me, to you, to 10,000 other people saying, you've got a package, you've got a package. I know I don't have a package because I didn't shop anything, you know, whatever. But then I'm not getting scammed, you're not getting scammed, 9,900 other people aren't getting. Well, all you need is that one person who's like, well, I've been waiting on that package, actually. Where is it? It's held up. You know, where is it? And they're the one that, you know, a chance to get scammed there because they're already expecting that package. And, you know, that package might be important. It might be to give, you know, for their partner for their birthday or for, you know, something important. They're like, where is it? Where is it? They're sweating on it. And then that message comes. They're rushed. They're in that panic and that's how it can catch them out. So, you know, it, it, always take... You've got to take that extra second. Um, and, look, they can make fake emails that look like it comes from Australia Post. You know, I, I can tell you right now, I'm sitting in front of my work computer. You ever taken a screenshot? Like, all you got to do is actually jump on Australia Post website, take a screenshot, draw over it on your phone, which a lot of people with smartphones can do, and then you copy and paste that into an email and it suddenly looks like it's from the real deal, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, so true.
1: It's just a screenshot. I'm sure you've taken a screenshot of something on Facebook and then, you know, you can you can just white out the bits underneath it and write something else in, make it look kind of good. Still got the Facebook logo, still got the Facebook borders and the icons. So that's how scammers can pretty easily, you know, if they've got a bit of techn- technology, you know, know-how, they can make things look um, look pretty real, which is, is scary. But that's why if it's something out of the blue, we say just just hold off, don't rush into it, leave it or delete it, and talk to someone you trust and, and double check it because yeah, you, you don't want to get carried away and caught up in it. And the NBN one, look, that's a, that's a that one's been going on for years since the NBN one started because. Think about it a lot. of People wanted to get connected to the NBN, or a lot of people had problems with NBN going on. You know, the NBN was cut off or it wasn't working. We know that there's usually takes a wait time when you ring up, you don't get to talk to someone straight away. But then, when someone rings up at the blue from saying, Oh, you've got an NBN problem, mate, hey, that's like saying you've got someone, you know, with thongs on in Broome. They're, like <laughs> half the people got a problem like that, you know, so yeah. it's a pretty good chance that they're going to find that. And you go, yeah, yeah, I do. You know? Yeah. It's, it's just a good guess by them. They're just playing the percentages there because a lot of people got it or they can even follow around. You can jump online right now on NBN Co., which is the you know, the government side that um, that is building the NBN, rolling it out to all the places and things. They say on there where they're currently like, this suburb is next. You know what scammers do? They look at what suburb is next and they look through the phone book and ring people in that suburb.
0: Oh, uh-huh, clever. Yeah, okay. I mean, clever, Pretty but good. not so clever.
1: <laughs> clever by them, but not good for people. I mean, you and I would have seen it. You've seen the truck driving around when he's, you know, the guy's there with his little shade and he's digging in the ground doing something. Yeah. And you see the NBN guy around. We see it. So we see he's on our street now. And then that week you get a call out of the blue saying it's from NBN you got a problem, you need to pay this and you're like, well, I've seen the truck there, you know, so suddenly it seems real. But that's just scammers tricking you and using. they're playing the percentages there to try and make you think like they know a lot but they don't really.
0: Mm. I think um, one of the other things I wanted to, like you said just not too long ago about passwords and making sure you kind of have different passwords and all of this kind of stuff. What What do you suggest is a good kind of secure way to manage passwords?
1: It is a tricky one because there are, I mean, there's all sorts of different ways. There's random generators. You can buy you can buy password, master password things, which you enter in heaps of different ones, and then you have one super secure one. Really, uh, I guess from what the ScamNet advice that our, our department puts out is do difficult passwords, don't use the same ones, and if you're going to write them da- put them anywhere, write them down on a piece of paper that's not online. Um, now I know it's tricky uh, for you know because everything needs a password and it's got to have six of these and eight of these and a number and a letter <laughs> and a capital and a, it yeah. does get hard. Um, one I guess being practical about it, I would say you could kind of put your things into um, you know two a couple of kind of groups. So anything that uh, you put. Like, you could almost have an email address for all those things, you know, like sign-ups to magazines or chat rooms or Zoom or, you know, those things that are like, uh, if you forget it, it's not a big deal, you know. Like, And then have your, your other side of things, which is your stuff that's important, stuff where you're putting in your date of birth, stuff where you're putting in your bank account details and all that personal information that's important and really sensitive, uh, you know, your Centrelink, your banking online, those sort of stuff. Make sure those ones are really good and different passwords and write them down on a piece of paper. And then, you know, the other ones still make sure they're good passwords, but, you know, it's not such a big deal. Maybe even have a separate, you know, kind of throwaway email account even, like a, a different email account that you use for all that stuff to what you would use for all your serious stuff like your Centrelink and your, you know, online banking and things like that.
0: Yeah, writing it down is definitely the way to go. I made the mistake of um, writing my passwords in on my notes and uh, this is not really a scam thing but I on my notes on my phone and then my phone um, got damaged. <laughs> I'm thinking I've lost all my passwords to all of my things and I had to reset all of them and yeah, not so much a scam story but definitely um, a story for writing my passwords on paper and keeping them safe.
1: Definitely. It. I'd say a real bad idea to look because imagine if that... Hacker got in and got that note on your phone. Yeah, it. like that's that's the golden for them. They'll just hit up every single one, you know. And so keeping it offline yeah. is is definitely you know there's no way for a hacker to hack into your your pen and paper in your drawer. It's, it's pretty hard. Yeah, they'll uh they're not getting in there and stealing your password. So you know, and and the other thing, look, too many people, and we see this in the statistics, like. People get, when there's a leak, like I was talking about that, whatever millions of emails that got a leak and the passwords from Yahoo a while back, you know what the most common password out of all of them was?
0: Oh, no, what is it?
1: It was password one. <laughs> password and the number one.
0: Oh, no. Oh, so no.
1: You can just see how slack people are with things. Uh, you know, if that's their password to their email, could be the same password for the internet banking. Could be the same password for their send link. Could be the same password for their loan. Could be the same password for their you know who knows. And you just can't afford to do that now because scammers are way too way too fast on that. They'll jump on it and they'll 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 rip you right off.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was definitely a mistake. Um, But, yeah, I'm always making sure that my my passwords, are you know, got all different kinds of letters and numbers and whatever else. Um, Another thing I wanted to ask is, like, I know people have been victims of kind of like really interactive scams where people have created profiles on Facebook and have said, "Um, I'm really like I'm a struggling businessman and I need money for this and whatever else. What kind of things can we do to avoid that stuff kind of happening to us?
1: Those are, yeah, we generally would classify them like emotional-type scams because they play on people's emotions. Uh, They could be a loved one. They could be a sympathy one. You know, it's it's all about the scammers kind of manipulating how people feel, and in the end, what they do, they manipulate them and get this attachment enough, then they hit them up for money. Uh, You know, it's a very, very very common and, and it's like a, one of the original you know from the classic playbook of scams there we've seen that even now the way they adapt it It used to be i'll give you an example it used to be they're in the military and they would love to come and see you but they can't uh, because they're on deployment and then they just need some money for a you know to send a care package to someone who's sick and so on you know how that story's changed now from five years ago now that story is They'd love to come and see you, but they can't. They're trapped in some random country, you know, you've never heard of because of COVID. And they're stuck oh. there because of COVID-19. Right. And then, oh, you feel bad because you know someone who might be stuck. And then they say, oh, yeah, and my, and I'm from the U.S. And people go, oh, yeah, I've seen the U.S. It's got really bad cases. And they're talking, you know, they're getting this bond with a, with a fake scammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The US is really bad. My uh, my daughter lives there. And then a few weeks later, you know, a few weeks later, because they say daughter. You know why they say daughter? Because oh, I've seen that? on your your Facebook profile, you got a picture of you with the daughter or something. Ah, you know, I see. They all just use these tricks, and and then you say, oh no, that's not my daughter. That's my niece. Oh yeah, well I've got a niece too. Oh, you know we've got so much in common now, and you know. Then the niece gets sick, gets coronavirus, and the U.S. people, oh, but there's a big bills, she's got to pay $30,000, how can we pay it? And then it starts coming for the money, you know, so... Oh,
0: wow, they, so really they, playing on people's vulnerabilities.
1: That's it. They they use it, and, and it's emotionally um, manipulative to, at the end, all they want to get is money out of you, but they're the amount of money scammers get, it's millions and millions of dollars every year just from Australians. Just from WA, they get millions and millions of dollars. So, look, if, I don't know what your day job gets, but if you wait a whole year talking to someone eight hours a day, five days a week, and you get a million dollars, that's a pretty good paying job, isn't it, <laughs> to be
0: honest? Let's not encourage so, people.
2: <laughs>
1: But if that's what a scammer gets, so that's what I mean. People think, oh, they wouldn't, they've talked to me way too much. They have to be real. Well, no, they don't. Because if they get a payday off you at the end of it, it's worth their time. It's a business for them, and their business is ripping people off their money, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Wow, how interesting. Like, you know, you kind of you kind of think, what kind of person would play off somebody's vulnerabilities and, you know, be so kind of... Um Elaborate, but I suppose you're right. If there's a check at the end of it, then yeah.
1: They 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 think it's like their job. Uh, There's some good documentaries. Some Four Corners and ABC have done some reports where they actually travelled overseas and and met with these people. They all sit there in an internet cafe having a laugh about it. They've got they're sitting there at a computer. They got their mates next to them. Their mates have got five people on the go. They've got five people on the go, and it's a. It's their job and a game sort of thing to try and get as much much money as they can out of people. And it's it's sad because often they're hitting up people who can who can least afford it.
0: It reminds me of um, that TV show Catfish, you know? Like, I mean, people have all kinds of different motives as to why they're catfishing people. But, yeah, lots of the time it's like, oh, can you send me money for this and send me money for that, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, uh, and then, you know, people are developing really kind of Deep emotional connections to these people who are just kind of in it for whatever gain.
1: Yeah, I, I, look, I've had the same thing. My my nana actually was telling me about one of her friends who has this new boyfriend, and I was like, oh, Nana, I don't need, need to hear about the oldies gossip. Because <laughs> no, he's he's in uh, he's in Lithuania. He's an engineer, and I was like, this is a scam, Nana. You know, this this guy is a fake. He's not in Lithuania. He's not an engineer. He said, well. His name is Stephen. I was like, that's not his name. don't. And she would you know, I could even see she she kind of thought he was a real person, and his name was Stephen. And then she you know I'm saying he's not an engineer. and he's like, well, he might not be an engineer. He might not be fully qualified. I'm like, he's not even a, a Stephen, you know, so they they can just it's amazing how they can get into people's heads that once they're convinced they're real, it's really hard to unconvince them that it's not a real. The name's not Stephen. He's not an engineer. He, you know, it, it's it's none of those things. It could be ten different people talking to you all the time, but that's how they work. They once they get into people's heads, unfortunately, they they can take a really strong hold sometimes.
0: Yeah, that's really yeah. And like you said at the beginning, you know, they're feeding off that fear. It's so horrible.
1: And look, it it can happen to to anyone really. I mean, we said before like there's so many different scams, and hopefully everyone's all clued up on them now, but there'll be a new scam coming out next month you know, there'll be something different that happens there'll be some different government announcement about this support and they'll jump on that so anyone, you know, could, could fall victim even people that 100% think they won't it still could happen to them so everyone needs to keep a watch out and, and just be alert to it
0: Yeah, right so following on from that how do, how do people who have been scammed um, get support and get some help?
1: Well, an important thing on that is to know. If you think, ask if if someone gets scanned once, do you reckon um, you know they just learn the lesson and don't get scanned again, or do you reckon they're actually more likely to get more scams?
0: Well, I don't know. Would they? I suppose they'd be more likely. I, I guess.
1: Yeah, we actually find that people who get scanned once are more likely to get scanned two, three times. Because I'll give you a quick example that, uh, you know, we talk about that, that classic emotional scam that, oh, it's a, you know, love interest and they, their niece got sick and they sent some money and whatever. And, uh, you know, they sent two or three grand and then they that's all the money they had at the time and then the scammer realised, asked them for more, they couldn't get any more, so the scammer, you know, flicked them. Uh, two years down the track, the scammer says, I'll give them another try. I've got two grand out of them, they might have a bit more money now. They ring him up, and the person realizes you know, it's a scam, but they, they ring him up, and they don't give him the love story. They say, hi, I'm calling from the investigations of Bureau. Uh, we understand you got scammed by this person who was pretending to be such-and-such, and, such and you, he said he gave money to his niece and so on. He, you gave him $2,000, and they know all these details, so it seems legit. Like, right, well, we can refund that money. We've caught that scam, and we'll refund it. It's the same person. It's the same scam.
2: Mm. They tell you that
1: they're going to give. Yeah, we can get you that money back now. You need to pay a processing fee of eleven dollars fifty, and then the interest charges. So your money was two thousand dollars. We'll return to you ten thousand dollars, but you need to pay this interest charges of uh, seven hundred dollars. And you think, oh, well, I'm getting ten thousand dollars back. So, and they go again. They hit you up again for seven hundred more. Oh wow! And so it goes. So. Yeah, it's surprising, uh, but it's that it's that kind of that trick of it seems real because they they know lots of stuff. It seems like you know they know lots of things about you. Really, it's the same scammer. You know, it's the same scam artist. That of course they know all the stuff about you because they scanned it out of you the first time. So people really need to be careful. If they get scammed once, uh, make sure they get help. Contact to us. So we have a scamnet website. The Scamnet WA, uh, that's part of the consumer protection. Uh, there's also the Australian Cyber Security Centre. We've got Scam Watch. Uh, there's various different ways, but yeah, people really need to watch out, and especially if someone's been scammed once, may not get that money back. But you know, we certainly can help stop them losing any more money um, in the future. So yeah, look, and it's not just money that goes. we were talking about your personal information and things like. Your ID, your date of birth, and all that. There is a um, an agency called ID Care, who is a is a national, you know, um, support service that can help you if you've handed over your personal information or had your data and privacy stuff stolen. They can help you with that too.
0: Yeah. Okay. No worries. Look, that's all really interesting. You know, you kind of think, like you said, anybody's anybody's at risk of being scammed. And um, like we mentioned, this day and age is so dependent on technology. So it's really important that we are aware and that we're looking out for, um, you know, scams. And that we're kind of on guard about how we're um, giving out information and who we're giving it to. Remember to always keep your passwords written on a note, pen and paper, close to you. <laughs> this is something I need to remember so yeah
1: in your drawers. yeah
0: <laughs> so um yeah that's i think that's um that's some really good information and thank you for joining us on the show it's been really good to hear um you know about what kind of things what kind of issues we're kind of at risk of at the moment and um particularly with COVID 19 and um yeah thank you so much for joining us
1: no worries Taylor. thanks for having me on i just add as well you said keep an eye out you know for what you're doing online Keep an eye out for your family and friends too, especially if you've got elderly family, you know, that they don't use technology that much. Uh, I had this actually, someone called me to ask about a scam and it was an old lady and she was getting uh, scammed buying iTunes gift cards and I said, why, why were you, you know, if I ask you to learn I say, well, do you think you could pay the tax office in ID, you know, in um, iTunes gift cards, you'd be like, no, no, they take you know, real money, not gift cards and iTunes and stuff. Yeah. But the reason that that Nana had said was she said, well, my grandkids told me they just like money now, Nana.
0: Oh, and no, yeah.
1: So for her, she, you know, things have changed. Imagine that Nana. She was back in the day where it was cash or you wrote an old check. Now you've got credit cards, you've got Bitcoin, you've got this, you've got, you know, online banking. The world's changed pretty quick for a lot of people. So keep an eye out for them too. And uh, you know, just be careful. If, if you see Nana's buying, you know, five hundred dollars worth of uh, iTunes gift cards, just think like, hang on, <laughs> you're not playing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you're not buying that much apps. So
0: <laughs> you're not playing what's online going games.
1: On there? Yeah, <laughs> true. You know, so keep keep an eye out for things like that. The same with bitcoins and all these newer stuff. Just um, you know, look after yourself, but also your family and friends too, with, who might not be as as savvy on the technology.
0: Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much for that. Cheers, Tallulah. Thank you for joining us this fortnight on Deadly Justice. You're listening to Tallulah and we'll catch you next time.